Hello, friends. Welcome to Off the Beaten Podcast. I'm your host with the most certified coffee fiend and peonies admirer, Dion McGill. Off the Beaten Podcast is your one stop shop for conversations with the very personalities who make the city of Chicago unique. My guest this episode is Cade Kamalason. Cade is the youth program officer, farm engineer, farm manager, and product development technician with the Chicago Eco House. Chicago Eco House is an international award-winning organization working to rebuild lives and transform neighborhoods through the power of flower farming. Cade was kind enough to sit down with me after I read about the Eco House in a Chicago Reader article, and I reached out to learn more about the organization and chat with them about the amazing work that they do. So here is my chat with Cade Kamalason. All right, and we are recording I am super excited. I am sitting here virtually <laughs> with mm-hmm. Cade uh, Kamalason. 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 I was close. Yeah, I apologize. You're close, yeah. <laughs> and you are the youth program officer and yes. farm engineer yes. for Chicago Eco House. Yes. As well, oh as, my God. as well as farm manager and product development technician. Oh, my God. I, I don't... <laughs> there's there's like just in that i'm like oh there's so much we could talk about right yeah uh, that's what's up okay but I'm, I'm gonna pick your brain a little bit so i'm gonna jump right into it the first question i like to ask all my guests something that started in the third season of this of this podcast um mm-hmm. is where did you so the question is where did you grow up in chicago okay <laughs> but you actually didn't grow up in chicago yeah that's right yeah so if you want to give a little, like a brief background on that and just like, how did you end up here, which is yeah. great and it's perfect. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So I was born in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, kind of random space. Um, but my parents were living in Romania at the time. So they flew back to the U.S. to have me in, you know, where my mom grew up in Sioux Falls, just in case I wanted to become president. And then uh, when I was three weeks old, we flew back to Romania. And so first three years of my life were in Romania. Then we moved to the U.S. Then we moved to uh, Kenya and to Hungary and then back to the U.S. Oh, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that was, that was just my family's move. So, like, um, I, sp- I, I spent um, my high school years mostly in Hungary. Um, but then we came back to the U.S. in the middle of that. We went to North Carolina and then we came to Chicago. My parents were just looking for work. Um, they, they were doing developmental work in, internationally. Um, my dad was in microfinance and my mom was working in the um, nonprofit sector for World Vision. And um, so I went back to Hungary overseas and then uh, so I was living with some family friends and then I just thought for college, I'd like to come back near family. So I went to Wheaton College and then I've just been here since 2016. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Man, that's a journey. Okay. None, I've been in none of those countries. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just yeah. sitting here like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, very cool. So so, yeah. so you end up in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, go to school in Wheaton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how, so how exactly did you end up with Chicago Eco House? Yeah. So when I was at Wheaton, Keelan Blackwell actually came and gave uh, a talk about environmental racism at Wheaton, and he pretty much did a huge plug for Chicago Eco House, and I would, like found it very moving and very awesome. So 
I just approached Keelan. I said, yo, if you need help with anything, I'm actually an engineering major. Let me know if you need help. And then he wrote me back. He said, we don't actually get a lot of people, a lot of engineers reaching out to help us. So I think it would be cool to set up an internship. So I just did an internship that summer. That was in 2019. And then I just kept working and I graduated in 2021. And now I'm working full time. Oh, that's what's up. So we were talking about this briefly when we first came on and getting through the bugs that I heard about Chicago Eco House in a news article uh, in the Chicago Reader. And like I read the Chicago Reader every week. Um, and I saw this article just about like the it was actually about two people, Keelan and then another young lady and just like how they're kind of uh, changing the fabric of the city by using flowers. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, oh, OK, <laughs> like I remember reading the article and being like, OK, like, you know, so first, uh, please tell my listeners, like, what does the Chicago Eco, Eco House do? And yeah. we'll go from there. <laughs> Sounds good. So Chicago Eco House's mission is to alleviate poverty using sustainability. The way we do that is by taking empty lots in on the south and west side of Chicago and turn them into flower farms, not just gardens, but specifically flower, flower farms. We want to be cranking out as many flowers as we can to employ youth and people from the, these communities to um, economically empower the community. So we grow the flowers on these farms and um, turn them into bouquets and sell them. Wow. Okay. Uh, so what kind of flowers are we talking? <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the springtime, we have uh, tulips growing. Um, that's mainly what we do in spring. We have lilies, sunflowers, zinnias. Uh, this year we have marigolds and we have gladiolas. I think that's mostly all of our focal flowers that we've done. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're talking the good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. My favorite today. Oh, we also have pin. Uh, uh, peonies, which are oh. very good. <laughs> That's what <laughs> it's. It's funny you mentioned that. I, <laughs> I have this funny story about peonies. I I had never heard of of that flower before. Mm. Um, but at the time, I was about to go on a date, and I was like, I want to go get some flowers. And my coworker was like, Get some peonies. And so I go to Whole Foods. <laughs> And I'm standing there, like, looking around, and finally I see this empty bucket. And, you know, of course, you know, there's a label. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh. And this dude standing next to me goes, I think we're late, bro. <laughs> I was like, I'm like we're totally <laughs> that's late. That's funny. <laughs> and we both just, like, walked out together. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Done deal. That's so unfortunate. That, oh, that's yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't hear about peonies either, but apparently they're very popular and like a very high end flower. So, right. exactly. Yes, yes. You know, right. Exactly what I learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what's up. Um, okay. So, in addition to the Eco House, you mm -hmm. guys also have Southside Blooms. That's right. Okay. So, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, Eco House is mainly like focused on the farms and gr growing the flowers. And Southside Blooms is the organization which where we take flowers and turn them into bouquets and then distribute them. Then it's all under uh, Nehemiah Group, which is a, a nonprofit 501c. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So it's those two organizations are kind of housed under Nehemiah Group. So one thing I found extremely intriguing is that you guys do a lot of work with youth. Mm-hmm. 
So how so how exactly does does like did that start? How does that work? Yeah, so a lot of our work has you know evolved. Like Keelan started Chicago Eco House back in 2014, and he was very passionate about empowering youth and you know that diversion of catching youth before they get caught up in the system and mm. getting them set down the right path. And so we've always done a lot of uh, programming with with young adults and children um, and geared towards teaching about them, teaching them how to garden, how to farm um, and just general or entrepreneurship skills. So in the in, in the past, we had done uh, we partner with schools. We had a farm right across from the school and we had a garden that we maintained there and the students would come after school and maintain it on like a weekly basis. Um, a lot of what we do now is more um, shifted towards within a business type model. So we, we are mostly hiring uh, teenagers, young adults, and training them, giving them skills on how to grow flowers, harvest flowers, and then turn them into bouquets. Oh my gosh. That's a, so uh, I'm just intrigued. And it, this, like, it reminds me uh, years ago, I became acquainted with an organization named Shambhala, which was like a lot with mindfulness and meditation, yoga, things mm, of that nature. Yeah, sure. And I remember the first conversation I had with them, I said, there's no way in the world you're getting kids in Inglewood to do meditation. <laughs> and the lady was like, come to our next program. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm so there. I have to see this. <laughs> and when I went and he's like, kids, Medit like I, you know, I got there late. Kids are meditating on these big yeah. pillows, and then she'd be like, "So how was that?" And you know, this girl at the back of the room is like, "That's the quietest I've like anything's ever been in my life." And I was like, <laughs> "Just dumbfounded." You know, my mouth yeah. was on the floor. So how do kids like you know how do they like when you first like come in contact with them? Like how are they you know with the flowers and like yeah. digging in the dirt like. <laughs> You know, so there, there's a range, but it's actually funny that you bring that up. There is, I'm always surprised to see how many youth are like excited just to be out where it's quiet and they really enjoy just doing the work. And they specifically say that it's very like meditative and they enjoy having the quiet. Um, yeah, there's, there's several kids that have mentioned enjoying that. And then of course it also ranges, we're, we're often working in the middle of the day when it's hot in, in the summer. And Absolutely. so, it gets, yeah, it gets, it's tough work, uh, but it's fulfilling to see, you know, start on a day and then, you know, get like a thousand stems in a single day. Oh, a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I, one, one, another thing that came to mind, I don't, you know, I, me, I, I don't think of Chicago as a flower city, right? I did, mm -hmm. uh, unless you're down on Michigan Avenue, and you see all the flowers, you're like, oh, that right. <laughs> But what, so what happens in the, cause we obviously have a, you know, a winter, a winter, right? I was going to say, I was right. going to say sometimes it's a short winter, but we have a winter now, you know, of some right. sort. and like how, so how does that affect the organization and the work that you all do? Yeah. So originally I'll say that, um, we, we've been doing flowers for roughly three, four years now. That has been mm -hmm. our main product and selling. And originally we were like working and wanting to do a, a more, food growing mm -hmm. um but yeah since since we've been doing flowers we are working on extending our growing season so generally what we do 
um, during the winter is we just have to shut down. You can't grow anything when you've got like three feet of snow covering everything. <laughs> um, so we, we moved to more planning um, the, next, the next harvest season and um, starting seeds, um, figuring out what seeds we want to grow and where, where we're going to plant them. I, I'm actually specifically working on um, coming up with a plan to change one of our hoop houses so that we can grow year round. Um, oh, I'm I'm sorry. Would you explain? I, I a second I was like, oh, what is that? And then I was like, oh, I know what that is. But would you yeah. explain what a hoop house? Is? Yeah. So a, a hoop house <laughs> is basically a very simple structure where where you have like um, these metal half rings coming out of the ground, and you cover you cover it with plastic. Um, the idea is to you know allow the sun's heat to warm it up in the day, and then prevent that heat from leaving during the night so you can have um, warmer growing areas than chicago is chicago isn't the best growing place uh for flowers <laughs> and that's i think for most people that's probably the first thought that comes to mind like really right. chicago yeah but that's amazing oh, yeah i mean it, it actually gives us a, a huge advantage if we are able to figure out um growing over in the winter um but also just growing flowers in the cities a lot of people are unaware of the fact that most of our flowers in the U.S. come uh, from overseas. And so, mm. um, which may not sound astounding, but when you stop to think about the, the logistical challenges that you have to overcome to do that, it's pretty, it's pretty like mind-blowing that we have a system that can do that. You, someone has to be in the field, cut whatever flower um, before it's bloomed, get it, you know, in a truck, to a plane, land in the U.S., into a truck, into a store, and that has to happen within two days so that the customer can see it in a day or so and then buy it and have, you know, a couple days of life in it. And wow. you have to do all that without breaking the flower. So it's just, yeah. that's just insane. And the fact that we are growing it, you know, locally next to this densely populated area gives us a huge advantage in terms of getting the flower to the customer and not dealing with the logistical nightmare. Absolutely. It's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> a very little known secret is actually I love flowers. Absolutely love flowers. <laughs> I think that was one of the reasons why, like, when I saw that article, I was like, oh, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I've actually seen what happens when that process you just explained doesn't work. Um, right. When I, I lived in Alaska for two years okay, and I had a friend who for, every year for my birthday would send me flowers. Um, and one year she sent me the flowers and whatever happened with the delivery, <laughs> when I got those flowers, I was like, just like, <laughs> yeah, just, they were just like limp. Like I picked up like the everything, like they were limp, dead. Yeah. I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. And the crazy thing is, like, even for that to happen, there doesn't need to be a massive mistake. All that just no. needs to happen is there's not enough water for those plants. Like, yeah. you have spilled at some point, and then... Boom, that's it, right? They're dead. They're dead with, um, on arrival. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm such a... Especially now with my po with the podcast now, and I, I'm learning more. You know, as much as I thought I knew about the city, I'm learning so much more and just, mm -hmm. like there's so much here, right? There's mm. like now, right? I, I can get flowers from a place here now, you yeah. know, like that to me is fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I, I dig that so, so much. Um, so you, you had mentioned the kind of partnering with schools. Um, I'm a former, former 
CPS teacher. Um, okay. Can schools still connect with your organization? Um, like, you know, in some version of partnership or even, field, well, I mean, now with COVID, not field trips. Yeah, right. In the future, like, is that something you guys are still doing? Or are there other ways for, you, yeah. you know, for teachers maybe to direct youth to you? Yeah, generally. Um, so most of our youth programming is geared towards employment. But we okay. do uh, still do field trips, virtual field trips or, or um, yeah, mainly virtual field trips. And then it, when whenever it's appropriate to do in-person field trips. And those yeah. generally um, focus on, um, you know, looking at our operations and focusing on how do you grow a plant um, on, on um, I believe, two of our farms. Yeah, two of our farms, we have beehives. So we'll do some like workshops with that. We have honey that we sell um, or, and all of our farms are off grid. Um, so mm -hmm. we, we don't use any city water or city power. So we can, you know, teach students about um, generating electricity or how you have a off-grid water system. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you guys do a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, oh, it's deeper than I do. Yeah, right. It it keeps going. Oh, that's amazing! Oh my god, that's so amazing and exciting and, and just so cool. Um, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a lot. Okay, um, I, so one other thing I and, and kind of this all stems from from me reading that article. I read there that you guys have um, at the time, I think it was maybe a few months ago now, it said that you had uh, secured a partnership with the Circuit Court of Cook County's Juvenile Probation Division. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact wording the article used, but it, it said that basically uh, Keelan alongside obviously with this partnership it would be developing a prison to flower farm process um could, could you tell us more about that yeah um, yeah of course yeah um so what we'll do is generally we'll get referrals for youth who have community service hours to fill mm. and so they'll come and we'll get in contact with them their parents or their parole officer and set up a time for when they can meet us at a farm and they can fulfill their community service hours. After they've filled their community service hours, if they like the work and if they've done um, a good job with it, we will hire them on our payroll and um, then they'll become a, a farm assistant or, and eventually they can become a bouquet assistant in making bouquets. Oh man. And so that's, yeah, that's generally just what it looks like. Oh, that's what's up. Oh, that's so cool. And so do you guys also, do you have opportunities for volunteer risen? I know that's going to be like the first question people ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now we're, we're working out on flushing out our, our systems and labor and how much labor we need to do to grow and um, expand. Generally, we, will, we have um, an email, uh, email list that you can sign up for, and we, can send, we will send out emails en masse where people can sign up for volunteer days. And that, and that really varies a lot from helping us, you know, um, make a new farm or um, helping us weeding when the weeds have really just come up. We had a heavy rain and then a lot of sun or something. Mm -hmm. um, we'll also occasionally do days where, where a lot of flowers just bloomed and we don't have enough labor to harvest them all. So we'll ask volunteers to come and help us harvest, um, you know, the, the flowers that have bloomed. 
I'm not 100% sure, but I think you can find out more about that on southsideblooms.com, like getting in contact and signing up for an email list. Oh, that's what's up. Okay, cool. I'm yeah. already like, oh, sweet. We can all volunteer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's all do it. Um, oh, my gosh. Fascinating. So talking about the website, also, I actually, in doing my research, I, I like, I always, like, because I started my research right when I started reading the article, but I always like to revisit, right, refresh in my mind. And I went to the Southside Blooms website, noticed that you do sell raw honey. Um, yeah. And so by the pound, mm -hmm. and it was so funny, I just ran out of honey yesterday. Um, okay. I'm, a big, I'm a big tea, in addition to most people, everyone knows I'm a coffee fiend. But in addition, I'm a huge tea drinker. Um, and so I ran out of tea, uh, my honey. So I did purchase uh, a pound of honey nice. just, just today. Um, and for everyone who's listening, if you do go on there and you can purchase it, um, if you're in the Chicagoland area, they deliver. And if yeah. you're not in Chicago, they'll ship it to you. Um, and so I was like super excited. So I was like, you know what? I, I like to, as my uh, my mother would say, sometimes, you know, make sure you're eating your own cooking. And so <laughs> I'm encouraging people to support, you know, these various organizations and such. So I wanted to make sure that I'm doing the same. So I bought some honey. I'm so excited to to, to try it. Raw honey, fresh, local. Yes, <laughs> yes. it's delicious. And um, I've actually tried some of the honey. It's very surprisingly floral it tastes like it's been um pollinated with a bunch of flowers oh that's what's uh yeah and you know people don't it's interesting because that's actually because i am such a big tea drinker um over the years i've learned right different flowers can like change the flavor of the honey yeah and so right. you can tell a different yeah and so that's like awesome <laughs> so yeah it's really cool um so it's exciting. actually it's, uh, it's actually interesting i learned from our beekeeper that um it's something like a a pound of honey takes a million flowers like for the bees to have visited oh, um which when i when i heard that i was like what that's insane uh we had like 226 pounds of honey harvested this summer alone wow. and that just made me realize okay our our farms are just a drop in the bucket in terms of the flowers these bees need to visit and it's, it's really it's really incredible um just how many flowers the bees visit. And, and it still has that floral taste. I imagine it's coming from Chicago's Crimson Clover. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so I actually have two, just uh, two more questions for you. I, and I, once again, thank you for taking this time to chat with me. Yeah, um, of course, thank you for having me. Oh, of course, of course. I'm like, oh. <laughs> You can tell I'm like geeking out over here. I'm so excited. Um, but, you know, like, I'm like, oh, man, we can have like our conversation just on environmental issues. Like, we can yeah, right. Yeah. We can sure. talk about everything. But um, so, um, man. Oh, so I'm trying to think how to phrase this question. It's just like, I think me as a person um, and uh, who lives in Chicago, I live in an apartment. Um Think just hearing about like the impact, you know, like the work that you do and the impact that like an organization like yours has on the environment. Like, what are like in in your mind like some small things that people can be doing um, to be, be better stewards, if that's the yeah. like the way I'm thinking of it, um, environmentally. You know, yeah. Like, what are some things for like someone like me who lives in an apartment? Like, what I what should I be doing? You know, uh, in your opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, dang, that's a very big question. Um, 
So I would just like to add that. Um, so I was a civil engineer with, and I specified in environmental engineering. And mm. so I spent a fair amount of time thinking and thinking about what, what we could do. And I find a lot of the time that people like to focus on, you know, the, how do you call it? Just on individuals, you know, composting, recycling and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of our emissions and a lot of the um, actual um, damage that's happening to our envir environment is doing by big players. Of mm -hmm. if, if everyone were to, you know, switch cars, drive electric, and reuse everything, never waste, like have zero waste, like it would still, it would, it would have an effect, but it's not as significant as we think. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that we could probably do to impact the environment is really think about what our money is supporting and what the, those companies, their practices are. That's one. And then also thinking through, um, you know, the policies and what, what things are being allowed to be done on a national or a global scale, like for yeah. these factories to be, you know, emitting how much carbon and without taking any back, what kind of toxins they release in the environment. Because oh, like, even if, you know, yeah, if we all lived, you know, privately perfect lives, like just the nature of industry, there's still um, a factory still waste. Yeah. <laughs> They're finally pumping out. Right. right. Okay. Th thank you for that. You know, it, it's like, oh yeah. Okay. You know, it, I think uh, it's just a reminder to, to be, to stay informed, to be informed. If you're not informed, to stay informed if you are, um, to become better informed, you know, yeah. so appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, and I have one last question. Yeah. Um, I, this is the kind of like the closer question I try to ask everyone. Um, sure. And so I just want to make sure, so I, I'm going to look in my notes just so I make sure I got it. So based on your experiences, what is the best piece of advice you have to offer my listeners? Oh, dang. I heard, I heard this question on the Bay Coffee one. And I was oh, like, oh, man. <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to start thinking about this. He's, he's going to hit me with a yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I am very young, so all – you know, your listeners who are listening, take it with a grain of salt. You know, I'm 24, but I've found in, in my life that I think it's very important to pursue and do what you believe in. Um, mm. Pursue and really give it your all. Um, and believing in, in, in something that's going to make the world a better place. Something that you, you, you really think and believe is going to leave this place better than than when you found it. Um, I found just, you know, trying to come up, you know, with my own self-discipline, my own will, whatever, to try to be great or good at something, it, it, it's very difficult. It's a sustained effort. But whenever I am pursuing something that I believe in, it just naturally arises because I want, I want this to be excellent. I want this to succeed. And so pursuing um, something that you believe in, something that is good is um, very important. Oh, that is wonderful. Thank you. That, that is, that is knowledge that far exceeds the 24 <laughs> years, my man. I appreciate it. I work with a, I work with a lot of youth in my professional life and that that's the kind of stuff I'm like, you know what? 
It's in the right hands, baby. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> I, that. Thank you. It's in the right hands. I appreciate you. So thank you so much uh, for joining me. Please thank everyone at the Chicago Equal House, um, you know, for allowing, you know, uh, especially uh, Keelan for allowing you to come on and discuss with me, you know. Um, yeah. Because I think, I think I know always in like um, – you, you know, it's like you know, some some dude is like, "Oh, hey, come come chat with me." You're like, "Okay, we don't know what this is. <laughs> this could be." But yeah. I appreciate you guys for having faith and trust, and and you know, allowing me to just highlight an amazing organization. Yeah. I can't wait to to get a chance to see the place myself. Um, and also, is Southside Bloom currently open or? Yeah, um, yeah, we're we're currently okay. operating right now, and we are we have plans to be selling um, flowers through this winter. So you know, please. Go on our website, buy some more flowers. Yeah, so perfect moment. Absolutely, yes. Please go ahead and you can tell uh, my listeners uh, your website or, you know, yep. kind of any of that information, social media, uh, for them to go and check you guys out. Yeah, you can find us at southsideblooms.com. That's our website. And then uh, Chicago Eco House or Southside Blooms on Facebook and Instagram. You can find posts done um, there as well. Beautiful. Absolutely. So thank you. So is there anything I missed? I always want to give you, uh, you know, a chance if there's anything I forgot or anything you like, wait, we didn't talk about this. Um, <laughs> no, not that I can think of. I think we pretty much covered it. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting better, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I can thank tell, so I can much, tell from, uh, uh to tell from your pre previous episode, you're you're getting better at sticking to your season three formula. Yes, you're right, right. We gotta keep That's it, right. gotta keep it going. I yeah. appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, please check out Chicago Eco House. Check out Southside Blooms, especially if you're in Chicago. Uh, I know some of you don't live in Chicago, but check out their websites. You can still purchase if you are abroad and uh, just supporting amazing organizations and amazing people doing amazing things and that's what's up so yeah thank you kate thank you dion thanks to kate for a great interview and thank you to you for listening i encourage you to go check out the chicago eco house and Southside bloom websites and sign up for their newsletters and please take time to check out all of their offerings and buy something we found out during the COVID-19 pandemic how extremely important it is to support local businesses. Shop local. Also, after the interview, Cade emailed me. He said that he wasn't happy with his answer on what we can do to combat climate change. So he sent a video that he said communicates really well what he was trying to say in his answer. So there is a link to that video down in the episode notes. And thank you to Cade for sharing that information. If you want more of Off the Beaten Podcast content, you can check out all things OTBP at OffTheBeatenPodcast.com. There you will find links to all of my social media as well as access to my blog. And if you're like me, you got all the social media. So please take some time to follow Off The Beaten Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. When you sign up, drop me a hello so I know you're around. If you want to take one more step in supporting the podcast, you can buy me a coffee. 
go on over to buymeacoffee.com slash off the beaten podcast and buy me a few cups. All proceeds go into the podcast, whether it's through updating equipment or in the various operation costs. I do have my eye on a Rode Roadcaster Pro podcast production studio. I used one in Nashville and been wanting one ever since. It is $600 though, so it's not cheap. On that note, allow me to say thank you to Veva, Kristen, and Becky, the last three people to buy me some coffee. I appreciate you ladies and I can't thank you enough. Finally, one last piece of business. This will be my last episode of 2021. I'm taking the remainder of the fall and winter off to do some work on the backside of the podcast. If you want to know what's going on in the meantime, be sure to sign up for the OTBP newsletter. You can find that link in the episode notes or on the website. All right. Thank you. In the meantime, be sure to go back and revisit your favorite Off The Beaten Podcast episodes. Also, share them with your friends. Let's grow the community two ears at a time. All right. Be good. Do good. And I'll see you next time. Peace.